from somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Rob Boop, thank you very much. Mike with you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Mike Davidson Lives. Sunday night recording, doing okay. Uh, Three days down for my oldest, uh, Lana. Five years old, three days of pre-K. She goes full day starting Monday, tomorrow. Time I'm recording here. And she's very excited. I think... And I think she's handling herself fairly well. And my wife is very proud of her. I'm proud of her too. But uh, I guess they had like this art project or something uh, a couple days back involving a flower. And, uh, you know, do what you want with this flower. You know, you color it in, whatever. Uh, I am going to post this on the Mike Davidson Lives podcast page. Uh, but she glued pieces of construction paper, like red and blue within the lines of the flower it looks a little unique a little different for sure but some girl in her class said oh that's stupid that's stupid that's dumb or something like that and you know that would break a lot of people's hearts hearing something like that and i'm sure it kind of stung lana's heart too but her response was pretty damn good in fact Uh, she looked at this girl and she just said you're weird and just kind of walked off. <laughs> I I like it. I like it. Uh, I told her it looks something like uh, Picasso would do. And Picasso was an artist that wouldn't follow the line, so to speak. My wife says the uh, the picture looks mosaic. It's it's a pretty good effort. I love it. I mean, she's my daughter for crying out loud. It's it's pretty cool. My book hanging it on my fridge and uh, going to hang it on the Mike Davidson Lives podcast. You know, thinking about this kid, I, I don't want to know who this kid is, but I told my wife this Friday, sitting on the porch, drinking uh, drinking some beverages, uh, that one, there, there's a few words I don't want to say around my children. Now, if I uh, hit my thumb in a door or a hammer and I say a swear word, that's one thing. You're not supposed to say those. But the one four-letter word I, I avoid around them is hate. Because I don't want them to hate things, necessarily. You may not like something, but I hate such a strong word. I don't want them saying that. And I don't belittle them. I don't make them feel stupid. I don't say things like that. I don't want them to feel like that. With, with this uh, this girl saying this to Lana, it told me one of two things. Either she's got older siblings at home that tell her, Oh, it's stupid. And she's just kind of uh, you know, parroting what they've done to her. Or unfortunately worse... She's got parents at home that do this, and it's just—it's kind of a uh, you know kind of a sad reminder that not everybody's house household, everybody's family has the same dynamic. And I hope my wife and I are doing well as parents to you know coach her along. And I mean, she's excited about doing this full time starting mañana, Monday. We'll see how that goes. Uh, a little bit excited too because preseason football is in the air, which means actual. Real football is about to start. Now, here in the state of Indiana, uh, this past weekend, high school football kicked off. And, uh, yeah, I did watch the the, the uh, Friday night scores. It's, it's like one of the few times I actually sit down and consciously watch the news. Because I, I do like to see what's going on with high school sports around here. Uh, it, it doesn't seem as jaded as college or pro <laughs> yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to see. And of course, preseason football with the NFL, uh, and I was 
kind of passively watching the Colts and Lions game. I and mean, the thing to remember, too, about preseason football, to the layperson, to the average fan, it's it's boring. But uh, for the second, third, fourth stringers trying to make the cut, uh, it, they got to be nervous as hell. And so you're not going to necessarily see the best football, but you are going to see somebody out there giving their 110% trying to make the squad. And, you know, the Colts-Lions game was on Saturday. I was watching that. And uh, got to the end of the game. Colts are down seven. And, you know, not sweating it because it's not it, it's not an actual game. But uh, Jack Cohn, formerly of Notre Dame, I, I guess he would be fourth string. Uh, Matt Ryan's got the starting gig. I, I would think Nick Foles is a solid two. And then uh, Ellinger is going to be third string. I don't think Jack Cohn's going to make, make the squad. Maybe he makes the practice squad. I don't know. But he had, he had a pretty decent showing. But if you know you're not going to make make the cut and you're already down seven in a game that really doesn't mean anything i i just thought to myself why not chuck four hail mary passes just just for the hell of it just be a legend just to say yeah i did that in an nfl preseason game um but yeah, it was um, it, it was kind of fun to watch him play. He didn't do too bad, but again, it, it, this the odds of him making the team are kind of stacked against him at this point. Maybe he gets on somewhere else, say like uh, I don't know Cleveland. Uh, that whole situation with the Browns and uh, Deshaun Watson is fairly interesting um, because initially this was a six game suspension. Now it is an eleven game suspension. This suspension goes to eleven. And he's got to pay a $5 million fine and, I guess, get counseling and everything. And it's just kind of a weird situation because Deshaun Watson says, I haven't done anything wrong. And it seems like he's gone full Alec Baldwin here in terms of denial. But in a technical sense, in a technical sense, the guy uh, has not been uh, found guilty of a crime. He's not facing any criminal charges. He's had to settle a whole lot of suits, for sure. I think he's got, like, one lawsuit still pending. And then there's the suspension, and he's maintaining he's done nothing wrong. But uh, it's been kind of funny to watch uh, sports media lose their shit over this. uh, Because apparently you cannot punish a guy enough. You know, it went from six games to 11. So this dude is essentially missing two-thirds of season. And even if he comes back, I mean... What would be the point of playing him depending on where the Browns are in the season? So it's all almost already a lost season for Deshaun Watson. You know, whether it's earned or not, it's practically done no matter how many games he plays after the suspension. But, uh, you know, a lot of sports writers are speculating, uh, you know, either it's kind of an A or B or C, both A and B type of thing. You know, either it's because Deshaun Watson hasn't been found guilty of anything criminal and he would file a lawsuit and it would just be a tremendous hassle for the NFL or B, uh, you know, he's not the first player you know, with the Texans or any team to have unscrupulous things like this go on behind the scenes. And it'd be like opening Pandora's box. That's the conspiracy theory. And, of course, there's uh, the, you know, you got to think of the women. Uh, you know, everyone's a victim. And, and I'm not like, what I'm saying is I'm not supporting Deshaun Watson on this. I'm just saying the dude has not been found guilty in the court of law and is already basically going to miss a season because of this crap. 
And sports writers are saying, well, it's not enough. It's not enough. And that's the problem is it's never enough for writers who uh, think that they're taking a, a courageous stand against a guy who's already getting uh, basically his season wrecked. Whether or not it's because of him or not, it, it's already done. They're not moving on from this crap. Uh, but this, uh, kind of going with the uh, the strange conspiracy theories from the last episode, you know, involving uh, the moon landing being fake again, and uh, Anne Heche knew too much about Jeffrey Epstein or whatever the hell is going on there. Uh, here's a conspiracy theory I think is utter bullshit, and it comes from Cal- Colin Cowherd, not surprisingly, uh, who is basically you know a Michigan alum and therefore Tom Brady's number one ball sack holder uh he, he basically said that the reason why it's 11 games and not say like a 12 game thing or a 10 game thing 11 is kind of a weird odd number isn't it uh the 11th game of that suspension i think would be thanksgiving weekend and the browns would be facing the buccaneers whom tom brady plays for and uh, i god uh, Cowherd is saying, well, t- the reason that it's 11 and he's got to miss that game is because Tom Brady told the league in his in his estimation that he doesn't want his brand ruined with Deshaun Watson with him on the field at the same time. What the hell does that even mean? I have no idea. I, I would think about 20 seasons in the league and seven Super Bowl rings and not a dead hooker in sight around Tom Brady. I don't think he has to worry about his brand at all. This is that is such a stupid, stupid conspiracy theory. I mean, for crying out loud, one of Tom Brady's teammates on the Patriots actually murdered somebody. Okay, Aaron Hernandez. He kind of weathered that storm, right? Jesus. And, that's ruining his brand. Um, I don't know. If anybody's going to ruin Tom Brady's brand, it's not going to be Deshaun Watson. It's going to be Tom Brady. Because that's his name, and everything that he puts uh, behind or in front of that name or around that name is basically of his own effort, right? I mean, and he's played with some head cases. He's played against some head cases. He's been around a bit. This even if he had to play against a Sean Watson, it wouldn't ruin his rep. Now, what's going on with him in training camp for missing significant playing time? Uh, you know, and again, he's been around twenty years. I think he kind of gets the uh, idea of what's expected in the NFL, but I don't think that's an excuse necessarily to miss training camp. But he's missed some uh, missed some days, and some speculation is because. Well, okay. Before I get into the family thing here. Let's go back to another stupid conspiracy theory. Uh, There was some conspiracy that he was missing training camp time so he can go film an episode of The Masked Singer. That has been since disproven. Or so we think. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you you put like six people on a laptop and (laughs) give them the open space of the internet and they'll come up with any sort of thing. But that that was, I guess, a rumor that uh, he was gonna. He's missing training camp because of uh, the mass singer. I and I don't see him doing that sort of thing. Um, but uh, the the other thing is that there's, uh, I guess, trouble on the home front. There's been a lot of speculation as to what's been going on with him and Giselle. And Giselle actually wants him to spend more time uh, 
at home. And he did retire earlier this year only to unretire. And he did say when he retired he wanted to spend more time with the family. And it's it's kind of an interesting situation. And I've wondered about this about him. I've wondered this about Peyton Manning. Uh uh, you, you know, and I love Peyton Manning as a quarterback, but you know, guys like him, guys like Brady, guys like hell, even Tom, uh, or Drew Brees, it, you know, guys that compete at a high level and do this year in, year out. When it finally comes time to stop, can you stop? Can you go on and do other things? And I think Tom Brady might be having a little issue with that. That that's just me speculating on where he is mentally. I mean, yeah, he's got everything beat on the field. You know, the guy is always going to be one of the greatest to ever play the game, and yeah, uh, he's got nothing to worry about financially. But is that going to be enough for this dude? Because football has been his life. Football has been uh, Peyton Manning's life, and aside from doing the uh, the Manning cast with his brother Eli last year. You haven't seen a whole lot of uh, Peyton Manning wanting to get involved with uh, with actual broadcasts, getting into the broadcast booth. I think he'd be excellent at it, but he's kind of kept his distance from that. And is is that by design? You know, trying to trying to stay away from the formality of football. Can Tom Brady do that in the long run? I guess he would have to retire first. Now, what's going on with him and his family? Don't know. Don't know. It's uh, a lot of tabloid fodder, but it is a little suspicious. Um, by the way, okay, so speaking of suspicious, uh, we, I talked about the dirt bag that attacked uh, Salman Rushdie. Was it a couple episodes back? And it looks like uh, Mr. Rushdie's going to make a full recovery for those who don't know him. Uh, he's a guy who wrote a book called uh, The Satanic Verses back in 89, and it was very, very controversial amongst Muslims, so much so that... Uh, the Iranian government put out a fatwa against him, which is basically uh, a, a hit contract. And there's been various uh, attempts on his life. And I guess, you know, I, sadly enough, him coming stateside has been the closest ever to him facing death. And that came like maybe a couple months after Chappelle got attacked on stage. And uh, J.K. Rowling, she's gotten kind of a, a beef up in security. You know who else is getting a beef up in security? Ricky Gervais, uh, playing, uh, doing a show, 61-year-old comedian, of course. Funny dude, talented dude. Um, uh, he's uh, recently had to beef up his security because his recent Netflix special, he takes a few shots at the trans community. And, and they're jokes. I wouldn't say he's a transphobe. He even said that, you know, he supported trans rights. But, you know, he said, he said some jokes that uh, if you don't have a sense of humor, you obviously... You you obviously hate me. Uh, so uh, he's got security beefed up, so people don't try to stay uh, run to the stage and stab him like what happened with Rusty. With almost happened with Chappelle. A lot of people uh, taking themselves way too damn seriously out there, and it's it, it's kind of funny because it's from the you know the tolerate us camp. They're the ones that are being intolerant towards anybody that make make jokes about them. And I have uh, gone on some social sites and defended uh, free speech. And I have said that uh, what happened to Rushdie was bad, even if you don't agree with him. And that's not me being anti-Islamic. If you want to pre uh, profess what, what what's great about being a Muslim, that's fine. Or, you know, being whoever you are, that's fine. But uh, 
I've had some pretty nasty things said to me. In fact, one guy said I look like uh, a monkey. Uh, and he if so, himself is a Muslim, I believe. And for those playing along at home, uh, I have kind of unique looking face. <laughs> That's why it's in radio. But uh, he probably took one look at me and used that slur because he thought I was Jewish. Not Jewish. Um, but you, 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 sir, are an a-hole. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of people out there taking themselves way too seriously. It's a scary world. You say something and you find somebody crazy enough, they will go after you. Uh, speaking of crazy enough, this has been... Um, I really don't know what to make of this story, but it, it, kind of a breaking story over the weekend. 78-year-old Gary Busey, who's had a history of being crazy. Uh, I guess he went to some monster con thing, some 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 uh, fanboy convention in Jersey, I think, last weekend, and is being accused of sexual harassment or sexual assault. 78 years old. I don't think the dude has all of his marbles together. And, you know, when you get to that point in your life should you be doing a lot of traveling uh should you be doing a lot of talking and holding and associating with people especially if you're gary Busey. and this isn't me being ageist this is just me looking at gary Busey, going okay this guy should not be out in public this guy should probably hang it up and uh you know he's had a rough life he's had that rock star kind of life uh, being an actor i uh, yeah maybe maybe Find another way. Find another way to make a living. You know, maybe go on the masked singer where you're on stage and away from people. And if you get out of hand, uh, uh, can, so, somebody could just, I don't know, one of the judges can just tase you. Put you down for a second. 78 years old and doesn't know where he is. I'm surprised this guy's not an elected official. Okay, um, Alec Baldwin is still... In denial, you know, Deshaun Watson is in denial about doing anything wrong, and technically he's not right or he's not wrong. But uh, Alec Baldwin, uh, I guess he's blaming uh, Trump supporters for the stress he's had lately uh, because of the incident on the set of Rust, where uh, gun goes off in his hand <laughs> and uh, accidentally kills uh, somebody behind the scenes. And I've maintained that look, he. From what the FBI says, there's no way that this gun just went off. So, I don't know why there was a bullet, a live round in that gun to begin with. Uh, if Alec Baldwin killed this woman, it was on accident. I believe that. Sure. Um, but, going off in his hand, not him pulling the trigger, that seems a little suspicious and he's lying. And That's, that's at least an obstruction of justice charge. Is, is he going to get charged? Probably not. But uh, he's blaming all the stress of this on uh, the Trump supporters out there and anybody that's uh, calling him out for his lies. And uh, he says that he's lost sleep, he's been stressed, and he's lost work. He said that he was fired from a job. And I just thought to myself when I read that, well, fired's an interesting word choice given the situation. Yeah, what, what Alec Baldwin needs to do, and I say this as nicely as I can to Mr. Baldwin is just go away and not talk to people. Don't talk to anybody. I mean, I have a hard time believing that he's hard up for cash. I, I don't think he's like rolling in the dough, but I mean, you know, if he went away for about a year or two and took on a few smaller roles, 
after all this crap. I think he'd be a lot better off. I don't think he's going to get charged. Do I think he should be charged? Hell, it's, I don't think he's going to be charged. So, uh, he, yeah, but blaming other people for what you did. You, too, should be an elected official. Okay, uh, speaking of officials, this is a, this is a story that I thought was kind of done and we wouldn't revisit for a while. You know, uh, the whole Brittany Griner thing out in Russia. Uh, she's, what, nine and a half, ten years uh, in a penal colony out there uh, because cannabis is illegal in Russia. And, you know, like I said before, if she got pulled over stateside, even in a state that didn't recognize marijuana, she would have gotten a slap on the wrist. And I would have yawned, and a lot of us would have just gone on with our lives, right? It, but the thing is, is like, she's over there. Uh, and Biden, uh, I guess somebody offered in the Biden administration to trade her, try to get her back, uh, and another spy that the U.S. lost years back by offering up the merchant of death, and who was a known arms dealer. Sounds like a bad deal. Didn't happen, but it just sounded like a bad deal from the word go. Well, now here's where things get interesting. Dennis Rodman. Uh, Kim Jong-un's buddy, who's uh, who's done some stuff in North Korea and uh, proclaims to be a pretty good buddy of Vladimir Putin. <laughs> he says he's going to go to Russia and uh, see if he can bring Britney home. Free Britney. Leave Britney alone there, Putin. That's, that's what Dennis Rodman's doing. This has been a very strange turn of events, to be honest. Um, I am interested as to how this is going to play out. Now, some people, I've looked at the comments on this, and they're like, well, you know, Brittany Griner could stay there, and so could Dennis Rodman. Um, I'm going to say this, though. If Dennis Rodman somehow, it, it, this is very unlikely, okay? Just spitballing here. Let's just say Dennis Rodman does find a way to bring Brittany Griner home without the United States having to lose any assets whatsoever. And, and think of it there. I mean, Dennis Rodman has no political pull here. Not sure how much he would have in Russia. But let's just say he brought her home with no cost to us. How bad would that make our elected officials look on this whole sort of thing? And look, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to like Brittany Griner or anything. But if Dennis Rodman was to do this after, uh, you know... The, the smartest kids in the room were offering up a an arms dealer. That would be quite breathtaking. I don't think I would stop laughing for hours. Again, very unlikely, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if Dennis Rodman comes home because, uh, let's, let's face it, he's probably not the most sober person out there. Okay, now this is going to seem a little hypocritical um, because I have dogged on Pete Davidson a little bit for going to therapy over... Kanye West, but you know he knew the situation he was getting in with the Kardashian. You know if you, if you, and he's been with famous women, so he knows that he's been seen with other women, and he's been with the scene queen and her drama queen of an ex husband in the mix. So okay, he kind of walked into that. Uh, he should have walked into that knowing that that was going to be a little bit explosive, right? Well. You know, he's he's going to therapy and all this, and I'm not knocking therapy. I'm just saying, dude, you should have known better. And you're also a comedian. You can take Kanye down a peg or two with some material. Jonah Hill. 
you know, he's been in some comedies, super bad, and he's been in some dramas. I he was nominated for an Oscar for uh, Moneyball, and he's been in some Scorsese stuff. So I mean, he's uh, he's uh, obviously a talented dude, and he wants you know he's trying to expand, and he, in some ways he's fearless, but in other ways he's not. And the other ways that he's not is that uh, he has anxiety going on these press junkets uh, promoting these these projects you know he you know that would include late night tv that would include the morning shows uh you know cbs this morning nbc today all that all that stuff just going out and promoting it and you know being in front of a lot of people he gets anxiety so he has opted not to do that anymore and some people are taking some shots at him and i'm not one of them I'll, and i'll say this uh, you know uh, uh, james gandolfini was not a big talk show circuit guy even when the sopranos was a, was a hot commodity even when that was doing so well on hbo he he didn't do that sort of thing so it's not necessarily necessary um i myself have dealt with the anxiety the last few years and i i do take a, a low dosage of lexapro okay um not enough to check out i don't want to be like that it's just to you know slow things down and go okay what do i need to do and hopefully Jonah's not drugging himself up to the eyeballs to cope. But, but you know, him not wanting to do the talk show thing and, and put on the facade with the with all these guys and you know, whatnot, I understand that. I get that. You know, he still wants to work. That's fine. My thing is this, though. It, he should still promote projects, just not in front of a live studio audience. I mean... I don't know how well this would go. I don't know if he's a big uh, fan of Joe Rogan, but you know, it's just Joe and him in a studio talking. That would that would be a good way of doing stuff. Or if you went on Adam Carolla, or you know, just did you know podcasts and talked about projects and talked about you know his past experiences or you know that sort of thing. Podcasts, social media posts, do that. Bypass the middleman and just tell people what you're up to. Uh, I, th I think that works a lot better. And let's face it, late night television is not what it used to be. You know, back in the day, Carson was king. Johnny Carson was the king of late night television. In the 90s, it was Letterman versus Leno with Conan O'Brien uh, as a potential suitor. Didn't work out. Now, uh, basically, everybody's gone to The Daily Show. Jon Stewart had success with The Daily Show. But now everybody's like, oh, cool, we'll just do what The Daily Show did. So everybody's now The Daily Show. Not as fun. And it's kind of sad to uh, think that one time Conan O'Brien uh, actually was the host of The Tonight Show. And then his show ends up being only half an hour on TBS before it finally goes off the air. Like I said, Joe Hill not wanting to do the press junket thing. He's not missing nothing. He'll be okay. All right, so uh, what do we got? What, time for one more thing, I guess. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Vince Gilligan and, uh, you know, all the things that he's done out in Albuquerque with uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and El Camino. And, you know, he's stepping away from that universe. And I will be the first to admit that when it was announced back uh, just after uh, Breaking Bad wrapped up, that uh, Better Call Saul was going to be a spinoff. I thought that this show was not going to work out because I thought it was just kind of a money grab. But he and uh, fellow writer Peter Gold, they, they were the showrunners for Better Call Saul, and they saw it through, and it was great. Uh, and I think what made it work best was the fact 
that they didn't go for the caricature of Saul Goodman. They went to what led up to Jimmy McGill becoming Saul Goodman and the fallout from Breaking Bad. You know, the, the, the things that went on behind the facade were far more interesting than him basically being a slime ball. And Bob Odenkirk is great at being earnest and a slime ball, I might add. But they want a different approach. That said, not every character in every television show, in every movie, is worthy of a spinoff. And let me tell you why. Uh, there is going to be a spinoff show from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Great movie from uh, the 80s. Matthew Broderick, John Hughes, just uh, one of the best writers and directors of that era. Um, and they did do a Ferris Bueller's television show on NBC, and yeah, nobody remembers it. But Ferris Bueller, the movie, I mean, it's just fantastic. And you know the scene where, you know, they uh, they they take the car down to Chicago, and uh, the valets take off with it and joyride for a bit, right? Well, the geniuses, uh, the geniuses I think it was at Apple, what, one of the streamers, they're going to do a television series spinning off from Ferris Bueller based on those two valets who did not have a lot of screen time, I might add. They're just going to do it because why the F not? <sighs> yeah. Like I said, it's not everything is worthy of a spinoff. And since John Hughes has not been with us for a very long time, I doubt that this is going to work. You know, he's basically the Vince Gilligan of, of 80s teen comedy. He knows his stuff. Uh, television ex ex executives, uh, streaming executives, not so much. Not really looking forward to it. And it'll probably be forgotten. Or will it? Alright, that's it for this episode. Enough ranting about sports and pop culture and all that other stuff. Until next episode, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.